Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Hey you, welcome to the Wardrobe Boss Podcast and thank you for joining the conversation today. I'm your host, Eliza Perilla, personal stylist, and I am the Wardrobe Boss. Uh, We meet right here to talk styles, successful mindsets, winning wardrobes, and whatever else crosses our minds. Today, we're talking to a prominent cultural influencer, Chris Bivens. He's a young man of many talents. Chris is a producer for BET Television Network, a content producer for Def Jam Records, a master brand consultant, and he can sing too. So Chris, thank you for taking time to be here and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. That uh, you know, it's it's crazy hearing like intros like that. I'm still not really used to it because because uh, a lot of this stuff, you know, is very still much new to me. Especially the Def Jam situation, it, it's very new. So I I really enjoyed that intro and and thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate you. It's interesting, right? As you go along in your career, especially if it's moving fast, which to me, and I could be, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like that's the way it's moving for you. So I think when we keep going, we just forget what's going on. And until someone points it out to us, we're like, oh my gosh, but I really am doing all of those things. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so funny you say that because um, to some, it might seem like almost like an overnight sensation or, or the type thing. Uh, I know I'm, you know, I'm 33 years old. Uh, you know, so I admit that you can Google that. So I, I'm co- I'm confident with saying that these days. Um, but it would look like who's this young guy that's kind of accomplished a lot of these things in a short period of time. But it just hasn't been. Uh, it, it's almost like it's a marathon, and some of these hurdles are just getting a little bit easier to jump over because now I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Um, but it, it's definitely it, it's felt like a long process. Some some moments a little bit faster, but this whole journey for me just was like, dang, when I go back and look at it, I feel like I'm exhausted at all the things I had to do, especially all the free stuff. Um, So there's that. Now talking about your career, you really have done a lot so far. And I I do want you to, to speak on that, but um, you know, you sing, you've won rap battles, you've hosted your own TV show, like being gifted with so many talents. How do you narrow down what you're most passionate about and why? That's that's such a good question. Um, I'm breathing in because I'm exhausted in life right now, and we'll get to that later. But it, it is hard to narrow things down, especially when you're decent at a lot of stuff, right? You know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at, at most things that I put my mind to, thanks to my parents that have instilled so much positivity in me. But um, it it was hard, you know. I I think it's music was always like a first passion because I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan and then break in and you got served. So, you know, it was a former B-boy at one point in time. So it was very much that, but that opened the doors for the opportunity to do, you know, uh, music videos uh, for myself and for others. I went to school for film. Um, so I've ma- majored in film, minored in video. Um, but I wouldn't have had any interest in that stuff if I didn't do the music stuff first, right? That music from having to have to do my own music videos and learning how to do that stuff gave me the ability to even work at BET. Um, so 
I think for a lot of the stuff, it's just the season. And you still have to be consistent with whatever you put your mind to or none of the stuff is going to work out. So right now, my season is more or less production. Like that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I like to kind of consider myself in, in the brackets of the, the Childish Gambinos, a.k.a. Donald Glover, uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, Will Smith, those type of amazing um, personalities that are able to do multiple things, but they choose which season they decide to pursue those things. So I hope that answered the question. It does answer my question and, and I appreciate it. And I actually can identify with it a little bit because I had three loves too, right? So it was music, film, and fashion. And I always said, I'm going to do, um, I'll work in the music industry first and then the fashion industry second. And then I'm going to end with film. Like I really want to write a script. And it did not turn out that way, but they were my three loves. And I did want to have different seasons dedicated to each one. I never thought I could marry any, which doesn't even make sense because they all are married in some way or another. Right. But that's just what I thought. That's how I set out to do it. And that's not how it went. Film went first, music went second. And now here I am. And I always kind of married music and fashion. And now I'm just doing more fashion. And I'm, I've honed it. I've actually honed it down to one thing that I love to do the most. And I realize that I'm sticking with that. So that's for me. Um, is it true that Nelly went to your home personally to offer to mentor you? Yes. Uh, so the way that that worked out is I ended up uh, getting on this TV show called The Next. Um, and pretty much the premise of the show was to have four celebrity judges that would go to, you know, I think 10 different states. I, can't remember what I think it was like, I think it was like 10. This is a while ago now. 10 different states. Um, and in each of those states, they would pick four contestants that they believe were the best of the best in the area. So they did like New York, L.A. They came to Baltimore, which is crazy because no one ever comes to Baltimore. But they right. came to Baltimore, right? You know what I'm saying? So they came to Baltimore, um, and I was selected amongst you know four, well three, was four of us, but amongst three other contestants to compete for quote unquote the the, the biggest show of our lives, right? So um, the four celebrity judges were uh, Joe Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. Uh, Grammy Award-winning Nelly, uh, you know the rapper, uh, Gloria Gloria Estefan, and John Rich from Big and Rich, and I was lucky enough to have Nelly as my mentor, and um, you know so he came to Baltimore, Maryland, um, and he you know he kind of frequented the area before, so he was kind of familiar. I think Ray Ray Lewis at one point in time, but they came in, they were close and trained or just something like that, and Kevin Lyles was also his manager at that point in time, who's also from from Baltimore, which was really cool. So not only did I have Nelly in my house, but I had Kevin Lyles in my house, which was crazy um so nelly came mentored me for three for three days um and it was interesting right because that show not a lot of people know this but unfortunately on that show i lost my voice so i wasn't able to sing oh yeah that was crazy i wasn't able to sing or perform at the at the, at the level i wanted to perform at and um, that's mainly because on the show they kept having me do vigorous things with my voice and unfortunately i'm not gonna lie i'm let everybody know I'm not that talented of a singer. Like I'm, I'm, I'm able to like, I know my voice and the things I want to do with it. Um, but there's definitely people that are way more talented than I am. Um, and, and it's cool. So at that point in time in my life, I just probably wasn't even really ready for that type of situation. Cause I wasn't daily practicing or like, even on the show, they had me on the treadmill singing and stuff. I wasn't doing those things because 
I was very much and still am very much an online presence, right? A lot of my stuff is okay, we'll do a video, put it out there, it's online. You know, I wasn't, and I like the shows, but I like shows for like the dancing element. I don't, I never really ever really want to even be on stage like that. I still don't want to be on stage like that, but I'd rather host, I'll MC a show or something like that. So, anyways, long story short, um, that was an amazing opportunity, you know, to, to do that. And even though I don't feel like I did the best that I could, what I got from it is still even now in interviews like this, I get to talk about that, which is, which is honestly, there's people that will never have an opportunity like that, right? And this is, this is in the moment time of like The Voice and American Idol. And it, so this show was on the CW and they were trying to do their own kind of take on it. And it was a cool concept. It only got, it was only one season and you know, it, it, it is what it is. It is what it was. And um, it, for me, I learned a lot from that, from just so many different aspects. I also was very much humbled because when you're on a platform like that, you think, oh, I'm the fish. And I'm about to get signed to a label and I'm about to get all this money and I'm single and all this blah, blah, blah. It, mm, 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 it was not it, uh, but it, it has been a great experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So now you mentioned Kevin Lyles. Um, is he your entree into Def Jam later on? Because that's a great question. His, his, his name is synonymous with Def Jam. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you asked that, because uh, I'll, I'll say this on record, because I, I also I'm learning. Uh, no, Kevin Lyles has nothing to do with uh, with that at all. Uh, it's so it's even funny too. I, I did I was supposed to have I won this competition for Giant Magazine, and I was supposed to actually meet with Kevin Lyles. I ended up not being to meet with him because you know Kevin was very busy at that point in time, and I ended up meeting with JoJo Brim, who was like his like uh, like second in command or whatever. Anyways, so the Kevin Lyles situation would. No, I, I I could never even get that man to return my calls, let alone text me back. So, no, not at all. Um, and, and that's no shade. That's no shade. That, I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, it wasn't that. And I and it's like it's by not getting the response that I kind of wanted from him empowered me to go about things a different way. You know, me and my parents always say, if you can't get through the front door, you got to figure out how to get through the window or through the back door or whatever. So. So fun fact, the reason why the Def Jam situation came for me, major shout out to Chris Davis. Uh, he's on the marketing team. I think he's actually marketing director. I don't want to mistitle my bad brother. But um, he and I became uh, you know, acquainted from my work at BET because you know, it's often that. So fun fact. So at BET, I'm in an ad sales department. So I mainly do commercials and vignettes, you know, the whole, the whole game, whether searching for talent, mainly like influencer type stuff, writing scripts, helping you edit whatever you, you name shine choose even sometimes um you name it i'll do it um but he, he was a part of a company that was internal with a bet called what work what works um and what works is also owned by uh one of the vps over at def jam so anyway, i won't say too much but anyways so there was some synergy there chris enjoyed what i was doing and then this is the craziest thing um when i when me and chris first worked on our first project my first project that i got to work on at def jam was DMX. So DMX has this, the Rudolph the Randolph, like that song, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I did the animated video for that. And this is like right before, like, you know, now it was all this kind of happened. So it's crazy. So when DMX passed away, I was like, wow, like this man doesn't even know that he is, him being in existence is also the reason why I was able to get this gig as a content producer. And pretty much content producer is still, is still freelance. It's very much just like a, a glorified, term for kind of doing things at the the, the most uh adjustable cost possible right um 
so yeah, so so anyway, so my relationship at Def Jam just came from me being at BET and just being, I guess, decent at what I do. So let's now let's go back to start. Like, where do you come from? How did you get to where you are? Like, where did you start? What? And I guess you're in your middle. You know where any of your end. But where did you start? How did you get to your now? So when a man loves a woman, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so, uh, you know, my start for me really was, uh, thanks to my mom and my dad. My mom did concert promotions. She's originally from DC. So she worked at WHUR, WHFS, did HFS Festival, uh, did all, all the tours you can think about. Lionel Richie, Luther Vandross, uh, you name it, she's touched it. And so I was always around music. My grandfather was a, uh, a music manager, also could sing in his own right. Um, very much my family, you know, in the church and stuff like that, you know, around music. You know, similar stories that everybody kind of has, right? That if, when you're exposed to it, you want to do it, that bug hits you. And it's like, I, there's nothing else I want to do, at least at that time. So I've always been around it. You know, I did talent shows and competed. You know, I got still got trophies and stuff that I won, uh, mainly for dance. So singing and all that stuff kind of came a little later. You know, I just I found out that ladies liked men that sung. And that just kind of worked out for me because sometimes I've found out that when you're dancing, sometimes that's a little intimidating. But if you're singing, it's a more of like an alluring thing because dancing is like, I don't, I don't like this. You're spinning on your head, so I'm, I'm good, brother. Um, so it seemed like the, the singing kind of worked more to my advantage. But um, yeah, beyond that, I just, I truly, to be completely honest, I truly enjoy the ability to create anything, whether it's with my body or with my vision and pen to the paper. Um, the ability to do that has always been so satisfying for me. So that's, I don't think I'll ever lose that. So I saw some pictures of you, um, especially hosting your BET show, and you have a very polished look. Um, did you create that with a stylist, your look, your personal brand? It's a great question. Um, so no stylist. That, that definitely, definitely your, your arena. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, again, happy to be here. Um, but uh, I've always, like my mom, honestly, if, if there's anybody, my mom and my grandfather were very like, you know, dressed to the nines, if you would, right? Um, you know what I'm saying? That that type of situation. So I've always been around like having like nice looking stuff, being clean. And, and mind you, man, I'm, I'm a, you know, I was originally born in D.C., but I've lived in Howard County, Maryland for you know, about most of my like you know, childhood, adolescent years. Um, and, you know, only black kid for a lot of this you know, situation so you kind of always got to look a certain way you know what i'm saying like when gap was out and all this stuff i always was kind of wearing nice stuff and i'm, and I'm completely like not like uh like i don't come from the streets right like i, I don't at all mm -hmm. so uh, my attire would always be very like you know not super preppy or anything like that because you know i'm still blackity black 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 but um it's you know what i'm saying i'm still very much black but uh it was always like it looked clean. It looked nice. And uh, I've never been like, you know, until now I'm older. I got a beard and all that stuff. I got grays in here. Um, and I got kids, you know, I got two boys. So a brother's a little bit more mature, you know what I'm saying? So my stuff might be a little, I don't know, but, uh, I was always clean cut mainly because you don't want to have no problems. You can't, you can't be a black man wearing a hoodie as we've seen. in a lot of this, you can't do it. You know, it, you get looked at differently. So I always had, you know, clean. I was never dirty. Smell pretty good most of the time. And, uh, you know, I've always, in regards to, like, style-wise, I've always been inspired by Michael Jackson and stuff like that. So sometimes, like, you'll, there's a picture online with these these headphones that I have with spiked stuff and did a perm thing at one point in time. That was crazy. You know, I was stripping. 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, all my friends are white and they're spiking their hair. I'm like, I want to do that. Shit. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, always clean. And you know, the Michael Jackson, that type of stuff. You know, you you have different artists that you look at that you kind of imitate a little bit. But yeah, never really had like a stylist until 106. And what was 106? No, no, it was my first BT Awards that I attended the red carpet was my first time ever having like a real celebrity stylist. His name's Apuja. I can't remember his last name. I apologize. Feel me. Um, but at the BT Awards, he styled me in this yellow blazer, like suit situation. And everyone loved it. It was very loud. It was very me. It still was clean. Um, still to this day, I think those pictures are like I use for certain stuff. Like, Hey, this is where I was. I'm saying like, because that, that your clothing also, one, it makes you feel good, but when you wear cool stuff, you remember the moments of when and why you wore it. And um, like that, that people need to understand. So getting a stylist to help you create that moment, not only lasts for you, but people, you were the guy that had that yellow blazer looking like a banana, brother. Like, I remember your ass. It does something. You know, even moments where you're, you're at a, a really nice event, but you're wearing like a leather jacket and like a turtleneck. Like it's, you're the guy that didn't wear what we thought people was gonna be wearing. Like it's moments, and um, and and I, that's why I always enjoy you know like meeting people like yourself because you know how to make those moments. Well, I really appreciate your honesty, and you know, it all even goes back to what you said how you felt influenced by Michael Jackson. I mean, in 1986, when how do I even remember? It's 1986. I'm not a Michael Jackson fan, but it was 1986 when he did the moonwalk, and I saw it live from my home with my family and you know, the glove, the not, it wasn't only the hat, the tip of the hat. I mean, look how many people are influenced by the look, not only the dancing, not only the style of dancing, but the look complemented the style. Usher, Chris Brown, Neo. Can I go on? Not, no, not necessary, <laughs> not even necessary. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, that those are reasons you are absolutely right why it is important to have a look that's your look that's his look no nobody else can do that look and be respected because it's his and it's interesting that the first thing i noticed about you is a polished look and look at what you're telling me it just goes hand in hand right and that also goes to say how much people pay attention because that's from a photo that i noticed it that's not meeting you in person this is what i picked up from a photo so it just goes to show you they, even people who think they're not paying attention are paying attention. So, um, yeah, and I appreciate that. And that must have been fun for you to grow up around people who had their own style because it is fun. It is nice to see. It's a, like a, it creates a vibe. Right? It does. No, because I, I, even now with what you got on, mind you, please don't want to judge me right now because I look crazy. I'm in the middle of work and stuff. So, you know. This it was it was comfortable. I'm on my little Miami swag right now. Got the hair braided and stuff. These things keep getting my eye though, so I'm gonna have to figure that out. But uh, but I love what you got going on. You got the glasses. You got the chain. Like and I think it says love. I I, I didn't want to zoom in. Yes, and hit that love. Love. Okay, you know what I'm saying all right. So you it and, and it coordinates with the black. Like it's all right, Queen. You know what you're doing. <laughs> See, and this is not me trying to give a look. This is literally I'm wearing a t-shirt. This is a mask chain. It's just for, oh, wow. I have to put, I live in New York we, and my building yeah. sends out a memo. We have to wear a mask again. I vey. And yeah. so, right. And so this is just, it's not even like a look, right. I'm not but even it trying. Is, to, it looks good on you, queen. Like it, 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 it stands out. Like as soon as I was like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, 
What do you want your personal style to say about you as an artist and as a man? Oh, man. Um, no. Oh, man, Dave. Um, you know what's funny? I'm in transition right now in regards to, like, who is Chris Bivens? Um, I'm in a weird place, dog. Like, I, I say dog for males or females, by the way. Just, that's just, like, my term. I'm working on that. Right. I do it with my boys, and I'm like, yeah, dog. I'm like, wait, that's, let me stop. But anyways, um, I'm in a weird place because Chris Bivens does not want to be seen as, oh, you're that guy that sings. They're like, mm, nah, I don't, and I don't want to be called an influencer. I'm starting to take that as an insult personally because there's so many. Oh, I curse. Am I cannot do I can we can leave it out. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. There's so many there's so many people that just claim to be influencers and they're influencing absolutely nothing. Um so I'm like, I don't want to be known that. I I'd rather just call me an entrepreneur or something like that, right? Um so I'm in a place where I want to be respected and I feel like I kinda am starting to move into that, you know, that, that suit and tie situation. You know what I'm saying? I feel like because I got some books I'm working on and being seen as like the artist guy and all that type of stuff, it does not really work. Um, it's cool for like the commercialization of me as a person because using my artistry or whatever to kind of gain eyeballs and then like, oh, by the way, I do this. But now I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it like that no more. I want people to see me exactly what it is. And then if you happen to find out that I do music, cool. That's an added layer of thing. If I'm, if I'm in a, on a blah, 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 and I start doing a little singing, a little jingle, whatever, like, oh, I didn't know you did that. You know what I'm saying? So, so now I think I'm, I'm moving into, you know, if you know, you know, that's right. And I, you know, I have to say like, I, your honesty is so nice because it really puts people at ease. Like I can just feel your honesty. And what that says to me is that you're comfortable in your own skin and you're definitely coming into, to me, it seems like you're coming right now. You're entering, you're like crossing over into the land of your real manhood, of your real maturity, and you actually know who you are. And so then what that kind of means is that all these talents you have, you do hone them into one thing. And then you're like, that's what I want to focus on. And I, you know, that's just so awesome because I think that's, what really makes you be successful when you know who you are authentically and you're not out here trying to prove something. And even when I called you a cultural influencer, I meant it in the way of you really do influence the culture, right? I didn't say like an influencer because you have all these different talents and you may not be paying attention to everybody who's watching you because who has time for that? But you know, people are watching you. You know, people are watching you. And so, and you have two boys now and you want your boys to, you know, look at their father in a certain light. And so it seems like you're coming into that. And I think that's awesome, right? Because it is nice to wear the clothes, but the clothes don't define us. And that's kind of what you said. And I appreciate that because you are absolutely right. I wear clothes because I enjoy them, but they do not define me. And nothing that I do for work defines me. It's what I do for work. Agreed. I love that. And and by the way, I was saying kind of because in, 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 I'm not sure where, if we, we're going to touch on this, but just because I'm so used to dealing with people that are looking for influence and stuff like that. But I like the way the state, the cultural influencer, that was that was cool. I might have to use that. That was fire. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? That worked, that worked out just fine. But yeah, I, I took no offense to how you said it. I just was more or less kind of, a, I'm, again, I'm in, a, I'm not lost, but I am in a interesting place of transition, right? Of growth. And, um, you know, even even in this place, it's kind of like there's some things I just don't want to be called. 
There's some things that I don't want to, you know, to be around, uh, where there's people, actual things. Like, so it's like, look, I'm in a place right now and it's crazy because I'm, I'm working this book and it's like, I, you can do things at certain levels, there's certain tiers, right? There's, it, it, let's, let's say there's like three different tiers for, for right now, right? I, I wrote it way better, but let's, th- let's say there's three different tiers, like there's A, B, and C, right? Uh, at A, you know, you can do stuff at A that you can't do at B because you don't have the know-how nor the other resources, right? So then when you get to B, all right, there's things that you can still kind of do from A, but you're in a different place, different people are looking at you, different resources, can't do everything you're doing at A, and can't really make the same mistakes that you were making at A. Then when you get at C, it's a whole different echelon, and it, you also got to maintain being that echelon, right? And you are aware that you're at level C, right? So there's certain things that you might, you know, no, I'm not doing that. I'm at this level now, and I'm choosing not to do that. And I can say no to you, you know what I'm saying? Because um, at level A, and I've I got it opposite, but it doesn't matter. But you know, you get you get the idea. But at level A, starting out, right? Because uh, A is first in alphabet. Starting out at level A, which also was confusing me about being an A-list celebrity. But that, we'll get to that later, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, will you be zealous? Because like going in order, like, but okay, people be messing stuff up. But anyways, but at, at level eight, at starting out, right? Um, you uh, are calling people. People aren't necessarily calling you. Now at level C, I'm calling people, and if you don't pick up, it's going. It's, going, it's a problem for your career, right? Whereas on that level A, you know, I was worried coming back to the Kevin Miles situation, call, reaching out to this man, calling this man. He, I now see it. I might not have had something that he needed or wanted at the time. Might might not have been a resource. And you're dealing with the Nellies, the the blah blah blahs. You know, I think at that time, point in time, I think he was just about to do three sixty. Uh, what is it, six hundred or three hundred with um Lyle Corn or whatever? Um, and I'll say whatever as in like a dismissive, but I'm saying I, I also I'm bad with names. Right. Um, Leo, Leo Cohen. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yes. There you go. So I, I gotta <laughs> stop saying whatever because people when, when you say whatever, it makes people feel like you don't care. That's not that. And then also I'm from Baltimore. So it's a slight accent, but we also say like, oh, oh, you know, the little small thing that you're doing or like whatever. We call things little and small and it really be offending people like from out of different places. They're like, my little what? What's small? Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I meant like in like a term of endearment. But um, so anyways, I've learned that. So back to the whole, the whole original question. Um, I'm just finding myself right now. So, yeah. And you know what's really fascinating about, well, I don't, maybe fascinating is not the right word, but what is great about that is that in the, in the place where you are, the music industry, the fashion industry, whatever, there's not a lot of uh, evolvement. And you know this because you see it all the time. And, you know, one thing that we all see, especially the people who've been in the industry is that people stay stuck and they never get unstuck, some people. And to me, that is the worst thing you can do with your life, right? Because even when you get to somewhere, great that you, you're not broke anymore. Congratulations to you. Do whatever you want with your money. But that doesn't mean you stop growing in, as an individual. And I think people don't get that. So, you know, sometimes part of the struggle allows you the lessons to fuel you to continue to evolve. And sometimes when you get it too fast, too soon, you don't appreciate it and you will stay stuck there. And that's a personal choice. So that's not a, on anybody, on anything. That is a personal choice because if you know how to get the money and you know how to parlay your talent into something else, you're smart enough to know that you evolve or you die or you stay where you are. That's it. So I, I, um, it's really cool for you to say that. I think it's important for anybody of any age to know how important it is to evolve no matter, 
you know, even if you're like, okay, great. I'm, I'm a BET producer. I have a contract for the next, you know, I signed two contracts for the next 10 years. Great. But how do you evolve as a person? And I think that that's, that's what a cultural influencer is, right? Someone who keeps evolving and who doesn't and makes his own path and finds his own path. And that is a really beautiful thing. Um, word on the street is that you're writing a book. So can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So he, this is my, I've never written a book before. Um, and so this has been interesting and I'm, in my mind, I in my mind, I think I'm doing three different books, but I could be very wrong, right? So let me let me throw some stuff your way, right? Um, so I have one idea which is called Millennial Misdemeanors, right? Because uh, you know, I'm classified as a millennial, and I've made hella mistakes, and I know a lot of people make mistakes, so I call them like misdemeanors, right? And I kind of wanted to do a book upon you know a collaboration of things that I've learned, um, the kind of do's and don'ts or whatever, and just kind of in just general life. And then maybe incorporate some other millennials that are, you know, significant type people, whatever, uh, that I'm kind of either interviewing or just kind of getting some other quotes from, and then I'm expanding on my thought process with that. Um, so it's just some, it's just that's a passion project. That's something I just kind of wanted to do. That doesn't really have any like, you know, um, it's not necessary for money. That, that one is. Others are, but this one is not for money uh, per se. It's just like it's something I've always wanted to do, and I and I like reading books kind of like that, right? Um, so there's that one. And then I have another one. I'm still, the titles are still kind of like, you know, I'm figuring them out, but, um, uh, I'm in this, in this great space where I'm producing a lot of content right now, you know, un unrelated to BET, uh, for social audio. Um, and social audio, what I mean by that is similar to, similar to like the, the clubhouses, the Spotify green room, um, what else? Fanbase has a version of it. Uh, and then now speak easy, which you know is also kind of my new favorite. But we can I can get into that later. But um, I um I've been on all these platforms. I've made content, and I understand uh, the psychology of it. So it's either going to be uh, social audio psychology or social audio etiquette, because uh, a lot of these apps that are building uh, that, well, okay, they built they built the app, but then the community defines the app, which has been very interesting for me, right? Um, and from a lot of these apps, uh, you know, not to be braggadocious, but I've, I've pretty much been defining the community uh, or, or what the app should go, pivoting, stuff like that, um, which, you know, we can later talk into because from me being so prevalent on these platforms, it's now given me the, the opportunity to work for one of these platforms um, as we're still figuring out the exact what role I have, uh, but more or less definitely, like a, at the very least, a, con a consultant. Um, in regards to either programming or kind of having how to navigate the community because I myself am very much in that space, uh, very much trusted in that space. And at any point in time, if I chose to, you know, migrate from that platform, it would probably not be good for that platform, right? I don't mean that does not me being like Dr. Evil or anything, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. It, 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 there are people that are on platforms that once they leave, I don't really have a reason to be here. This is why I came here in the first place. Like Oprah Winfrey, phenomenal example of this. When right. Oprah left, people were like, well, where's she at? She made her own network. She made her own situation. She did her own situation. She was out. And um, that's very much uh, the roadmap for what I want. Because I got some app ideas that I think are going to be revolutionary. I just don't currently have the funding I want to put into it, nor do I have the the time 
And I also am using these apps, and I'm and I tell people this, like I'm I'm very transparent. I'm using these apps to understand how I can maneuver in spaces and how do others perceive me in these spaces and what can we do either collaborative like as a collaborative effort or whatever. So it's learning for me. So I also appreciate the the potential opportunities to work at any of these platforms so I can learn what I can and can't do. And and so there's that. You see, and that goes back to you being like a cultural voice now, right? Because I really, um, I think the idea of the millennial book is awesome because millennials have such a strong voice and they want to be heard. And there are other age groups that have a voice. Some of them want to be heard and some of them don't care to be heard, but it's nice to keep the conversations going. And it is nice for them to know, okay, I can go here. Someone is, can relate to me. Let me see what you have to say. Let me see what your experience was. Let me see what you've learned along the way. Cause it's all about what you learn along the way. Right. And, um, I know that you do have a, a huge influence with these apps and even a book about that is super important because people cannot keep up with how fast we're moving um, platforms and moving platforms and moving plat. Like I completely went from, oh my gosh, okay, I'm not going to date myself, but I'll just start with Facebook. I bypassed Twitter and just, you know, I live on Instagram. Um, because I, I never liked Twitter. I just never liked it. I don't care. I don't do it. Um, and I live on Instagram, but I'm sure there's something better or something where people can really um, be interpersonal, not the way they have it. So tell me a little bit about Speakeasy before we go, because I know that's that I, I like the idea. I read a little bit about it and I was like, you know what? This sounds a lot more cool. So tell me about that. Yeah, I I would like to get you on the platform. Maybe we can can switch this up next time I'll interview you. Um, But Speakeasy is is very similar and and similar. It isn't as because right now the app itself is not really truly like officially live yet, right? They they, they got it out and it's called Speakeasy. So it's kind of like if you know, you know type situation. And if you can tell, I like to say that if you know, you know, right? Yeah. Um, It has the, the social audio type thing going on. Um, instead of rooms like on Clubhouse. And are you familiar with Clubhouse? Did you get to use that at I all? I am familiar with it, but I never I never rocked with it. Okay. You're not the only one, right? I feel uh, like something I, was missing. Yes. There, there was, there, there's a lot missing. Okay. We, I, I won't be doing any shaming today, but um, it, uh, it's, it, it's missing a lot. And I think Speakeasy has the ability to capitalize on everything that they're missing. So Speakeasy uh, the, yeah, is great. The format of it. Oh, so backstory. Uh, Speakeasy is created by Ty Lopez and Dr. Alex. So if anybody yeah. knows who Ty Lopez is, he's, you know. I know who he is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So let's start off with that, right? So we already know the app's got someone that can fully fund it out of his own pocket if need, right? Mm-hmm. Where were other startup apps, uh, they're crowdfunding, they don't really have the bread. These are people that have maybe not even uh, done anything like this before in the past, right? Uh, don't maybe not, maybe not have ever even owned a tech company, right? So we're dealing with a person that also knows to surround himself with really intelligent uh, human beings to make something, if anything happens. And the man owns Wilhelmina Models, Radio Shack, Pier 1 Imports. Uh, not to be, and I'm not the spokesperson, and I will tell you all right now, I'm not officially hired quite the second. So this is just coming out of just me being excited about a platform that I, that I do believe in. And I don't bet on everything, but this one I'm going to bet on and bet enough to even, even, pitched the op like because what i did was i pitched what role 
I wanted to have there, right? Um, it, that's kind of how that worked out. So I was just like, hey, look, I've been here. I'm on this app. This is what I think y'all need. And it doesn't seem like y'all have this and we should do this. And that afforded me the conversation. So I'm, I'm currently still in the process of, you know, a start date or whatever, what, or what that is. I don't, I don't know. It's because the cool thing about it is I'm still, this is new. We're in a t- place in time where people are working from home and like, it's an interesting place to be. And you can kind of also define the job role you want to have, which is like mind blowing to me. So I don't know. But anyways, the app is amazing because it's also video capability. So Clubhouse is very much just audio. This has video. It's not like mentally, it looks better. It uh, it has a chat in it. So you like you have some people that would enter a room on Clubhouse, and it's like it was weird because it's like, hey, I, I can't come on stage. Like let's say let's say you have like you know, Nelly or uh, some major celebrity come in the room. And they're like, well, I, I, I'm just not trying to come on stage. I'm just here to listen. You have a chat for them to be like, hey, look, I'm here to listen to support your room. I don't want to be on stage, right? Don't give me that green bean. I don't want that. You know, so it's a, it's just from a psychological standpoint, it's just a better formatted app. And that what they're trying to do is more shows. Now, another cool thing about the platform, which I'm trying to be a part of, is since it's owned by Tyler Lopez and he owns a bunch of companies, there's already the ability to have synergy with brand sponsorship, right? So I myself am also looking at five to 10 shows that I'm trying to personally help put together. And then also I'm in the talks of trying to create a creator first program similar to what you've seen on clubhouse or whatever and pretty much what that program would do is we would highlight and select different content creator or content created shows and we would match them with brands that are already part of you know the umbrella right that's my mindset because i feel like from also being somewhat of a content creator but also being around them all the time these people need money right and mm-hmm. they got the eyeballs. So you, these people, Radio Shacks and whatever, well, I, can't, I can't speak on anybody. But I'll say these type of type of companies, um, the ones that we all think of, are spending hella money on Facebook ads and Instagram ads and all that stuff. And that's cool. But you know what the best ad is? Me. Me talking about Speakeasy right now. That's going to get whoever's listening. I resonate with that. I might peep that out, right? That That's what that does. So to be in these audio rooms, and especially because you can do call to actions with having a chat, if I'm like, hey, Everybody go check out, you know, the wardrobe boss right here. Here's a quick little download link right there with a thousand people. More than likely, a good 10% of them are going are gonna to hit the link simply because they believe in the person that's doing the show, right? So if I can help make brands completely understand that and that social audio is the new wave, I think that, that that's going to be history right there. So that's my and you, you, you're you're absolutely right. And um, you just made me so happy, like with saying that, because you get what most people, what these big companies don't get. It's personal. That's why my business as a personal stylist is successful, because it is personal. When people know me, they trust me. They trust me. They're like, do whatever you need to do. And even if they're not sure, they trust me. It goes back to that and I can walk them through it. Not that, that, not that I have to convince them to look at anything my way, but I build my business. You know, my business is built on the relationships that I have, that I build and the way I connect to people. And that's, you know, yes, it's about wardrobes, but it's more about the connection I have to people and using my area of expertise to connect to them and give them something they need. It's as simple as that. And um, I really enjoy doing it. Um, it was such a true pleasure to talk to you, to get on your page, to connect with you, to get on your vibe. I really like everything you're doing. And there is, there's so much more to you 
than the things you do. And I was just so happy to come into your world and learn about that today. Um, my last question for you would be, if there's one thing you can do for the culture that would have a great impact um, that you can do, what would that be? Oh, um, you know, just make a bunch of millionaires, uh, a bunch of ideally millionaires uh, that are similar up to my complexion. Um, but no, it's beyond that, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no greater ability or thing to do other than to give people the opportunity to be better. Uh, I've gotten a lot of really great opportunities uh, because of great people. Um, and that's, I think, the, the, what more of a legacy. You know, even if it's even if people don't even know that I did it, but I, but I know, you know, because even now I've got people that either one look up to me or I, I can only give but so much opportunities. But I, I, even at BET, when I help select talent for the commercials and stuff like that, these people are, are like, maybe that commercial might have been the one thing that helped them to get the next blah, blah, blah or whatever. So I think money will always be something that gives anyone and everything, whatever they want. So if I can make a bunch of millionaires, especially, you know, some, some African-American ones, that would do it. That would do it for me. That's incredible. And I, it's a great answer. I respect that answer. And I have to tell you, um, it really makes me happy because the person who was on my podcast last week is a young black entrepreneur who started his own fashion line with his own capital, his own personal savings. Um, and I love to hear these stories. I think this um, influences everybody, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're 50, you're 40, you're whatever. I think it's a great um, influence and encouragement to everybody. And he said exactly what you said, which is something I completely a thousand percent believe in. And he talked about how, how important community is. And so I love to keep carrying this conversation of community throughout my podcast, because for me, it's really important. I always say, it's just my own personal saying, but I say, you're as good as your team. You're as good as your team. Whoever's behind you. Let me you. give you a quick little thing. I, I, and I might be misquoting, but community equals currency. Ah, I love that's a t-shirt. Make it. I'll buy it. Deal. I will buy community it. Yeah. I, I forgot who said it was in a, one of our rooms on, on speak easy actually. But uh, yeah, that's the thing you're, you're, you, by making a thriving community, it will always pay you. Right? Let's think about churches or, or things like that. You know, when you make a community and you go to commune, uh, you will get paid. I mean, it, people want to pay you simply because you are giving to the community. And with leader, so it's crazy that people don't understand that leaders have the most to give, not the most to get. Um, mm. So it's, 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 I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed being able to talk to you today. Thank you. So it all goes back to love right here, right? On my t-shirt. Yeah. I love that. I love this <laughs> place. Let me start. Not the YouTube. <laughs> love of community. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I had such an enjoyable conversation with you, Chris. Please let people know where they can find you. Name all your platforms. Name your website. I want people to get to know you and know who you are outside of all of the amazing roles that you play on TV and music and all of that. I appreciate that. Yeah, for honestly, for me, it's still gonna always be Instagram um, because no matter what happens right now in this season of life, Instagram seems to be the place. So my Instagram right. is at Chris Bivins, B-I-V-I-N-S, and um, you know, 
I keep people updated there. You know, I, I got different you know funnels and stuff to, to filter people to, but Instagram, you usually will know what I got going on. And um, I'd like to think that I'm captivating enough for people to, to even go try to find more where I'm at. So I appreciate you. Thank you. And Chris Bivens is someone who's really doing something for the culture. And that's why I call him a cultural influencer and a real influencer, someone who's actually doing something to change the world and to make mm. it better. Not someone who's posting 800 selfies. No offense to anybody who does that. If that's your hustle, so be it. But that's not his hustle. He He's a man with many talents and he's navigating them into really making an impact. And I really, really appreciate that. Again, thank you for being here. I cannot wait to connect with you again. And I'll be following you on Instagram. Every follow matters. So thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for being here. Don't forget to subscribe, to comment, comment, comment. That's how we know who's listening and what you want to hear and how we're speaking to you or how we're not speaking to you. Let us know. This is a community conversation. That is the reason I started this podcast. So bring a friend, bring a family member and just join the conversation. Wardrobe Boss podcast. And if you have any questions related to wardrobe or style or fashion or home organization, you can find me on Instagram at wardrobe boss podcast or at wardrobe boss two separate pages okay so that's where that's where i'm planted my home for now too it's instagram and um you can listen to the wardrobe boss podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast thank you for being here and thank you again chris bivens wardrobe boss out wardrobe boss is hosted and produced by eliza perilla edited by ken johnson executive producer ken johnson find the wardrobe boss podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast wardrobe boss is a mean old line media production don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 